This is Science Moab, a show exploring the science happening in Southeast Utah and the Colorado Plateau. I'm Peggy Hodgkins, and today we are talking about adaptive management of the Glen Canyon Dam with economist Lucas Baer. Hi, my name is Lucas Baer. I am an economist with the Grand Canyon Monitoring and Research Center. And our center is the science provider to the Glen Canyon Dam Adaptive Management Program, which provides recommendations to the Secretary of Interior on how to best manage Glen Canyon Dam to mitigate and improve resources below Glen Canyon Dam. I've been here at the U.S. Geological Center in Flagstaff, Arizona, for almost 10 years now. I'm also an affiliate faculty at Northern Arizona University. I am part of the Amazon Dams Network, which is, mission is to build capacity for the advancement of interdisciplinary research on the impacts of hydroelectric dam construction in the Amazon. As an economist, what aspects of the Colorado River Basin, and in particular, what aspects of dam management are you most focused on? As part of the Grand Canyon Monitoring and Research Center, we are focused on resources below Glen Canyon Dam. So that includes everything from hydroelectric production to native fish and other components of the ecosystem, recreation, specifically with a focus on angling below Glen Canyon Dam. There's a sport fishery there that is of high value, whitewater rafting in Grand Canyon, and also aspects of you know, cultural and historical sites within the canyons. That last component there is an important component. There's our five tribes that are involved in our program. There are stakeholders within the program. And so we also want to consider their perspectives and think about the trade-offs that are being made when we manage the dam for certain outcomes and the well-being of the tribal communities that inhabit the region. I mean, what are some of the, or I guess, social and ecological consequences um, of these big dams? Well, I, I work on a few different projects. Some of the more focused socioeconomic research I do is bioeconomic modeling. They look at some of the native fish that are in the canyon, specifically humpback chub. We all consider the sport fishery, rainbow trout, and now brown trout impacts on those native fish. And we think about, from a viability standpoint, how we want to support those native fish populations, but in a cost-effective way as we manage for these non-native and invasive species. One of the more important aspects of that problem is the dynamics that is occurring with the dam. So a lot of people know we're in a significant drought in the Colorado River Basin, and that chain has changed reservoir levels, which subsequently changes the water quality that comes out of the bottom of Glen Canyon Dam. So that has impacts to not only native, but invasive fish abundance. You know, the warmer it gets, the more likely we may see other invasive species beyond rainbow trout and brown trout in Glen and Grand Canyon, and that creates management challenges for our native fish populations. So we look at the bioeconomics of this problem by thinking about, again, the population viability of these native fish and how we might 
most cost-effectively implement management actions, whether that's controlling non-native or invasive species um, or other actions to meet our fundamental goal or objective of native fish conservation. In terms of the whole river regulation, there's both a, a regional type management and then a segment specific type consideration. So a, a big scale, maybe a big scale and a more specific scale of, of management. Can you explain these two types of, of considerations? Sure, that's a really good question. Within our center, again, we focus on the resources below Glen Canyon Dam in Glen and Grand Canyon. So we're really focused on reach level management. So whether that's maintaining or improving native fish habitat, thinking about the production of hydropower below the Glen Canyon Dam, recreation, other resources. It's a very reach or segment focused approach. As we're experiencing drought and bigger management challenges throughout the basin, those management processes have implications for reservoir levels, energy generation throughout the basin and other resources. And at that level, the focus has typically been on water delivery and hydropower production. So co-authors in the 2019 paper that I've been working with also have other publications that point to the importance of managing those reservoirs for environmental objectives or goals within the basin. And so how we manage the basin on a larger scale also has implications for environmental resources throughout the basin. From what I was understanding, the regional scale management is more narrowly focused, focused on the just the water delivery and hydropower production. Segment-specific regions um, are getting more into um, fish, uh, tribal problems, um, ecology, even water quality. I mean, is that a simplification or is that kind of how it's splitting out? I don't think so. I think you characterized it appropriately. These sort of region or segment specific issues, as you mentioned, fish or tribal resources, recreation, for example, is a good, good case study. We are focusing on how to best manage these segments in our case, by managing Glen Canyon Dam and operations of Glen Canyon Dam to improve those resources or balance those trade-offs. We, we manage those resources in a way that doesn't necessarily think about altering or changing those larger basin scale decisions. So the regional scale of uh, management is not in any way hindering what you're trying to do on the segment level? Or is it? So the regional scale of management is not necessarily considered. It's taken as given when we're thinking about managing these reach or segment level considerations. So when we're considering management of native fish within the canyon, we're only interested in operation of Glen Canyon Dam in a way that improves that resource while considering trade-offs that take place with other resources, such as recreation and vegetation and you know, tribal resources, et cetera, in the canyon. But we're not sort of considering managing fish populations with also sort of changing conditions at the regional level. 
so co-authors and I propose in our paper that, you know, to do a better job of managing for resources at the segment or reach level, we should also think about managing for those resources at the basin level and what different scenarios, especially as we move into, you know, different climate scenarios, how implications of management at the basin scale influence what we have from a management perspective at the reach or segment scale to manage these resources. And so the, the work you've done in terms of trying to influence that basin-wide decision-making, first of all, how, how do you influence the basin-wide decision-makers? Currently, federal decision-makers, state decision-makers are thinking about how to manage the basin into the future. And part of our center's responsibility is to not only monitor resources downstream from Glen Canyon Dam, but also provide science to these federal agencies to better manage the basin, so to speak, provide additional science and information that helps them make informed decisions. Ideally, our science, our monitoring and research helps inform not only the delivery of water and the production of hydropower, but also the, the management of ecosystem and other resources at the basin scale. The Bureau of Reclamation is leading this process. There's a lot of stakeholders at the federal and state level that are interested in these segment or reach level resources and what the implications of decisions at the basin scale will be. So providing credible science hopefully informs that process that's going to take several years to, to work through. The science is saying it is drier, there is less snowpack, there's less runoff. The reservoirs are near the point where hydroelectric power may not continue. That science being presented to management of these dams, how has that been taken and has there been any any response and or is it all just in flux? Well, it, it's a very fast moving process. I think this drought and current reservoir levels sort of occurred at a faster pace than people expected. We find ourselves in a situation where reservoir levels, projected runoffs, put us in a position where we're really in uncharted territory when it comes to managing resources, especially those ecosystem resources like native fish, for example. And the federal agencies that we work with have been very receptive to our science and look to, for example, the USGS and others within federal agencies that conduct research to inform them as they face these unexpected conditions, whether that's dropping below power pool at Glen Canyon Dam, having to use the bypass tubes to release water. Another example is the drought contingency plans that were put in place earlier this year under DROA, where water from upstream reservoirs were released to help augment declines at Lake Powell. And the federal agencies that implemented those plans relied heavily on the science of not only federal, but state partners 
and others to understand the impacts or the implications of those basin scale level management decisions. Is there anything else that you're trying to influence managers about besides just operating under low, low water flow? Yeah, so in addition to operating under low water flow, significant concern, and I, I touched on this earlier in our discussion, is that these low reservoirs have implications for the quality of water that's released, specifically temperature. A changing temperature related to releases at the bottom of Glen Canyon Dam has implications for the fish assemblage. Changing temperature has implications for native fish, but it also has implications for invasive fish and what invasive fish can establish themselves. So thinking about decisions when operating these dams, it's important to consider the consequences for managing native fish. Nothing can be done about the amount of water that's coming out of the snowpack. How can operating that dam under low water conditions adapt to help alleviate that, that the problem with fish and the, and the quality of water coming out? When we face these conditions with low reservoir levels, one option for managing the ecosystems below these dams is the timing and quantity of water that's released at different times of year. Although we can't control the snowpack and the runoff per se, we can control how water moves through the basin. The importance of managing reservoir levels for ecosystem purposes also, in addition to the primary objective of what those reservoirs were constructed for, water supply, and also hydropower generation. So the seasonal timing and quantity of water released at these reservoirs has large implications for ecosystem resources downstream from these dams. Scientists have referred to the term as designer flows. If we time flows to either promote native fish abundance or disrupt invasive fish species spawning or growth, that can have significant implications for ecosystems downstream of these reservoirs. Have the managers uh, been open to this and doing some designer flows? Are they changing the way they're releasing water? It's a work in progress. A great example of a designer flow is the high flow experiments that occur at Glen Canyon Dam. Over the past several decades, the Glen Canyon Dam Adaptive Management Program has recommended these high flow experiments to help build beaches in the Grand Canyon. The system is, a, is sediment limited. The Glen Canyon Dam blocks the majority of sediment that flows in the Colorado River in Lake Powell, introduced from the upper basin. However, the Perea River, just below Glen Canyon Dam, does introduce or input sediment into the main stem of the Colorado River. So when these events occur, there's an opportunity to conduct a high flow experiment to mobilize the sediment at the bottom of the river and build beaches for recreation. So that's the example of an experimental flow. Federal managers are very interested in flows and how flows can be used to help manage ecosystem resources below these reservoirs. There are spots within the upper basin where they have already implemented designer flows to help manage, for example, 
smallmouth bass and native fish um, below Flaming Gorge Reservoir. So right now we release water at Glen Canyon Dam to meet the law of the river, so to speak, to yeah. move water from the upper basin to the lower basin. In doing so, we also do our best to improve the value of hydropower by load following throughout the day, meeting demand in the electricity sector. So the question is, when and how can we cost effectively implement these designer flows to also meet other objectives, such as you know, downstream ecosystem processes? Can you explain what is meant by external costs? And what external costs are related to the production of hydropower? External costs are costs that incur to people that aren't necessarily considered in our decision-making processes. Hydropower is a unique resource in, in that it is very flexible and provides a lot of support, so to speak, to the electric sector, uh, whether that's by reducing costs significantly, by replacing more expensive generation resources. Hydroelectric generation has historically replaced high cost energy generation. And typically that has been natural gas by generation. So when demand is high, people are using a lot of power. Hydroelectric production is able to offset the high cost of natural gas fired generation. I see what you're saying. Okay. However, hydropower also is very flexible. You can sort of spin up hydropower very quickly, for example, and that allows you to do a better job of integrating solar and wind into the electricity sector. So hydropower can support the integration of renewables. But it also, you know, again, offsets these emissions that occur with coal-fired generation and natural gas-fired generation. So it's a very complex problem that hydropower is going to play an increasingly important role in the future in the electricity sector, you know, but then the drought and the reduction in fuel, so to speak, by reduced reservoir levels just adds a layer of complication to the whole situation. The idea is how do we best use these reservoirs, not only from a water supply standpoint and an energy production standpoint, but to also manage for these other resources can use these facilities to do a better job of managing for all resources if you consider impacts not only at the reach scale, but at the basin scale. In the adaptive management program, is there any work being done to more or less incorporate all of the, the stakeholders downstream of Glen Canyon Dam? ongoing research that I'm working on with a network of scholars and practitioners is doing a better job of incorporating cultural benefits of all of our stakeholders into the adaptive management process. So doing a better job of incorporating cultural benefits of our tribal stakeholders in adaptive management. And that takes time and an understanding of differing worldviews and a level of creativity when it comes to our formal decision-making processes like adaptive management and how we make space for those cultural benefits.
Well, Lucas, thanks for talking with Science Moab and breaking all this down for us. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. To learn more or listen to other Science Moab episodes, visit sciencemoab.org or anywhere you get your podcasts. Science Moab newsletter by Rhonda Cook. Our theme music is by Jeremy Spaulding. And the show is produced by Peggy Hodgkins, Christina Young, and KZMU. If you love Science Moab, let us know. Leave a rating on Spotify or a review on iTunes. And consider supporting Science Moab by donating to the podcast at sciencemoab.org. This programming is unique to Moab, Utah, and your support makes it possible.